Welcome to the 14th episode of Downtime Podcast. My name is Elisa and Jeremy is technically back from Japan, but not in the right mental state to do a podcast because jet lag and things. So he needs a a, a break from his break. So yeah. tonight you have Brandon in place of Jeremy. Yes. For your listening pleasure. If you all remember a very long time ago. The before time? Before time. Brandon was on the podcast and now he is back. I'm back. In general, how have you been since we last talked to you about Zelda? <laughs> you know, it's been crazy. It's a crazy couple of couple of years it's been since we last talked. Yeah. A few months ago. Uh-huh. Uh, I could do that, you know. But uh, that's a story for a different time. All right. It's far not enough interest in not that enough. right now. All right. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I've been good. Um, I haven't played a heck of a lot of games. I haven't played a heck of a lot of Zelda, either. You haven't finished it, haven't you? <laughs> I haven't even played it halfway. I'm a criminal. Do not find me <laughs> and scold me for not playing that game. I know it's a good game. I'm just not in a position to play it. Play Well, I understand, because just playing games that you know you're going to invest 60 to 70 hours in probably uh, 200 plus hours never mind 200 200 hours that's the status quo like if i look back at my my skyrim record my fallout record easily i get 240 hours out of those games by the time i am satisfied by (laughs) yeah so i just finished persona 5 a while ago and i invested about 95 hours into it finishing the main storyline and now i'm doing things for the sake of just completing secret side quests and things that i didn't complete yet and there's a lot of willpower reminds me of uh final fantasy 13 and doing all the achievements for that guy i think that was one of the last games i even bothered trying to do achievements for before i realized that that was a fool's task that was the last game i hundred percented and got all the trophies for and by the time i got all the trophies i didn't even really feel accomplished it felt very annoying well you want to know my story on that one all right um i can't remember why but i do remember this happening it's been it's been a minute getting through all of the achievements and i was stuck on the last one i believe it was it was either like kill all the monsters or and i had one left or it was collect a certain amount of money which was just tedious and boring to an extent and so i i put it on break for a month and something happened to my xbox at the time yes it was an xbox uh and i lost the save game that's really sucks so that was it wasn't even like one full achievement away it was a fraction of one achievement away from 100 percenting that so that was i i just i didn't even sweat it i was like yeah i'm not going back and doing that <laughs> I'm going to just get over my OCD right now. So that's how I grew, people. (laughs) Uh, Take it from me. (laughs) The last achievement or trophy that I had to do for that game was the one where when you're in that open world area for one of the ending chapters, there's those huge dinosaur-looking turtles that you have to kill a bunch of... Adamantoids? Adamantoids. So you had to kill the adamantoids, and they dropped a specific gem and I think you had to collect a bunch of Tetrahedron them. Tetrahedron or something? Like yeah, that. there you go. <laughs> wow, I can't believe you remember the name. I played that game. Yes. A lot. 
Yeah. To get that stupid achievement. Yeah, and <laughs> but the but the thing is that Adamantoys never uh, didn't always drop the tetra tetrahedron. Yeah, it was a like rare. That. It was a rare drop. Exactly the... Yeah, it it was a rare drop, and it was stupid. And I spent maybe six hours farming for te- tetrahedrons. That's why when I finished a hundred percenting that game, I just. Because with trophies and achievements, a lot of them have nothing to do with the storyline or completing a campaign. A lot of them are the really stupid side quests that don't even matter in the long run or resonate with you. And I'll tell you what, I don't know. Uh, I must have found three of those. Yeah. That when I was doing the money grind, because I was killing the Adamantoids. They needed to die. <laughs> they're just the big dumb faces. And they're... That was relatively tiny to the body size. <laughs> Why do they even need a shell? What is bigger than them that's just cracking like I need to eat this? Oh darn, it's got a shell on it. I don't did 15 even have adamantoids? I think they no. took them out. It, well, it had that other creature that was at the watering hole. It wasn't an adamantoid. <gasps> the crab. Was it a crab? It no, was it was a... like a big it was it looked kind of like an adamantoid, but it was not. Okay. It had that big dumb face too, and it came up when <laughs> we were on that quest to take a selfie of ourselves. Oh, that one. There's probably a trophy for actually battling that thing, which we didn't do. Oh yeah, there was all kinds of large creatures that we saw throughout the land that. Uh, they lived in the we lake. Did not touch. Well, there was also that giant bull type creature that was out in the desert too, that looked like the size of a building. Oh. That was in the fir- in the first area. Yeah, we never touched that guy either. So I'm sure we could go back and play that game till the cows come home. Huh, 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 huh. Uh, <laughs> Final Fantasy brings a lot of bitterness inside. <laughs> it's just a bad game. It brings bitter memories. It brings really bitter memories, especially 13, because I still... I wasted so much. I didn't waste a lot of time on it. It's just by the time I finished, I decided to finish playing that game. I don't know what I got out of it. I, I oddly enjoyed it. I got out. I, you know what I got out of the game, besides enjoyment from the art style and the music. Yeah. Uh, was I learned that you could go into game development and completely just spew utter nonsense <laughs> out onto a disc and sell it for $60 and we will buy it and just like most other bad things in our lives doubt is the product we're not sure if it's bad so we like it <laughs> <laughs> you trying to hurt people's feelings tonight no no i'm not talking about trump tonight okay <laughs> That could be a different podcast. All right. Just like probably a billion other people are doing. Yeah. Which is which is very true. <laughs> so we don't have to beat everyone over the bush about it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I set myself up for that one. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> All right. I didn't even have to say anything. <laughs> All right. Anything else you're playing? Oh, uh, well, Starbound. Did I ever talk about that before? No, you've never talked about Starbound. I have talked about playing Starbound, but not enough detail because Jeremy's never played it before. But I gotcha. Yeah. I gotcha. Okay, so yeah, Starbound's fun. For those of you who know about Terraria, 
Starbound is simply the next iterative game that's a lot like it. <clears throat> it's got a new engine. Um, it's about space exploration rather than being stuck on a single map that you generate. You have an infinite universe of procedurally generated maps. It's a lot of fun. I've had a lot of fun and I've definitely gotten my money's worth out of it. I think on not on sale on Steam, it's $15. And it's well worth $15 if you enjoyed Terraria at all. If you enjoy that type of game, this is definitely an exploration game. It's definitely a builder game. And it's definitely going to be supported with content patches that add a lot of hours of content randomly throughout the life of the game without you having to spend additional money on DLC. How's building your fortress? Uh, building my planet? It's your planet, into, sorry. <laughs> it's, turned, it's turned into I'm terraforming my planet. So in Terraria, definitely did the, uh, the uh, world conversion kind of stuff where you build cool structures here and there, useful structures, some design structures. I'm a builder. Uh, and then you got your, you know, standard castle that everybody builds because castles are awesome. I don't care what people say. I'm building a pyramid, though. A pyramid castle. Okay. A passel. A passel. A pagoda. A pagoda. <laughs> oh, that gives me a wonderful idea. I'm probably going to build a pagoda next. Damn right. Yes. <laughs> for my for my bird for purposes <laughs> for purposes i have i haven't played starbound for the past three weeks because since that update i can't um i don't think they updated all of the add-ins to make it run faster and I think it, you might want to try now okay i'm sure because some of those uh mods uh are kind of important for a lot of people who don't have powerful uh, computers powerful computers so i feel like they're they're going to be tackled relatively quickly. And it's not by the original guy. Somebody's going to make an alternative mod soon if they haven't already. Um, so just as a, a preface, the game is actually you know, uh, quite an extensive engine. It's doing a lot of things. And even though it's in pixelized, rasterized type of uh, style, there is a lot of special effects and lighting effects that go on and sprite management that goes on so when things start to get cluttered around the screen uh, and the game also has zoom levels so you can zoom out further and further when you zoom out a lot it starts raining you got stuff all over the screen uh, it can really take a toll on a machine as far as the frame rate goes so there are a lot of mods out there that attempt to tackle the biggest enemies of the frame rate including the parallax background like I know there, I've even seen mods where people took all the images in the game and PNG gauntleted them, remove all the excess information to try to get better load times out of them. But mm -hmm. ultimately, I don't think that's going to help the frame rate because the frame rate is dependent on a lot of the uh, GPU's ability to render yeah. said stuff, not load them. But that's just me nerding out there. That's okay. <laughs> it's just really upsetting because I'm getting into more worlds when my starbound started crapping out i was started in a new tundra area and when it started producing all of this snow everything got the all blizzard the blizzard it all got fucked up at that time the mods weren't updated i let it go for a little bit table flip table flip <laughs> <laughs> but i do want to go back because what i'm trying to do is um i showed it to you before i have that treasure room invading every single race's 
monuments and special like towers or whatever and stealing all their things do you guys have a website for starbound no for your your own podcast stuff because it'd be cool if we had a website where we could actually post images and videos of games that we're playing yes yeah i'll show you the website later so you, you guys do have one we have a website and we have a soundcloud where we upload the podcast well i know that yeah so that's but it, okay so that would be cool if we could like screenshot some of the, the starbound stuff and put it up on the webpage. I don't yeah. know. I don't know how many of the the followers would be interested in it, but well, a lot of our followers have Steam, so they could yeah. potentially be interested in it. Potentially, yeah. Um, but yeah, I have a lot of a lot of interesting build stuff that I've been doing. If you want to take up screenshots and re- complete a write up on it, I'll publish it. Okay. Yeah. I also applied the podcast for iTunes because since Apple is stupid, you have to go through an extremely long process. Well, well we got to be careful because one of one of your listeners is from Apple. Oh God, yeah, fine, fine. So we're sorry. Apple is not stupid, but I did have to complete a form and add things I didn't expect to matter, so that I can potentially have the podcast. On iTunes. That's all I have to say about that. Because money. Because money. I'm not even trying to make money off of this, but I can't believe I had to go through this process just to do it. They don't want you to even bother going on the store if you're not planning on making them money. I mean, making yourself money. Did I say making them money? Make- making them money, yes. <laughs> they want all your freaking cash. Well, that's just too bad. <laughs> so. Yeah. 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 I love that game. Oh, it's a it's a wonderful game. Again, highly recommend it if if you like open sandbox, two D scrolling type games that you can build in. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see what else. What what else? You're playing Diablo. Oh yeah, Diablo. That's what I've been playing. <laughs> ah, well, sort of. Like I haven't put in a lot of time, but uh, for you, those of you that that enjoy Diablo series, Diablo three. Uh, is still kicking, and they have released a new content patch uh, that releases the Necromancer into the game. When was Diablo 3 released? Uh, two years ago. Okay. I can't remember the month, but I should because I'm a nerd, but I don't. I remember a lot of my friends really excited for it. Um, a lot of people were, were looking forward to it, and then uh, certain decisions were made on the game that were not in the best interest of the fan base and it lost a lot of loyal uh players did it really yeah due to the uh the download rights management system where you always have to log in a lot of people hated that one and then the clincher was pretty much the auction house that had real money attached to it that and what did the auction house do it was basically a place that you could go to outside of the game and you could put items that you found in the game up on auction house to be purchased for either in-game money or real-life money. And uh, it was their attempt to try to make money off of the market that existed in Diablo 2 where lots of hackers and people who didn't have a real job would play the game all day long, find gear, and then sell it on eBay. And they wanted to get that money for themselves basically those transaction fees i see um but it just it didn't work out it was not a a great thing 
It almost reminds me of what happened with The Sims 3 because The Sims 3 was when you started needing to log into Origin, which is under EA, so that you can play. And then a lot of people made neighborhoods and whatnot that you can sell to others. Yeah, speaking, They weren't even free. Speaking of companies that have their shit together, let's talk about EA. No, no okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Origins is not fun. It's like a, a spit in your face kind of thing. It is. Uh, we could play nice with these other other services that people use, or we could just pretend to be relevant and force you to use this one. Exactly. Blech. Just like how Jay-Z made Tidal as a competition for Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> and Jay-Z came out with an album last week, and it's only on Tidal. And not that I'm saying that you should steal any music, but I just willing to bet that if anyone were to look uh the pirate bay probably got your ass covered but i'm not saying that i condone that behavior in any way shape or form and i'm not suggesting that anybody go do that but the website is the piratebay.org <laughs> and you can probably find that there along with a lot of viruses the last time i heard they were in sweden but i don't even know anymore yeah it's a mystery it's Nobody really needs to know. The mystery is all the fun, really. But uh, anyway, going back to, to the Diablo 3, they uh, released a new content patch. Uh, it costs money. Um, as a Diablo fan myself, I definitely spent the money just because I would really How like... How much is it? It's $15. Okay. That's um, not bad. I, I spend the money because I really enjoy that game. I want to see it grow more. And if you have to spend a little coin... For Blizzard to move their buttocks because that seems to be their enjoyed model. They like, they really like World of Warcraft. I mean, that game has been. I've never seen a game with so much content yet bores the hell out of me still <laughs> because it's been designed so flat so that anybody can play it. Have you played Overwatch? Do I you have. Like I it? played. I played Overwatch for the the beta release. They had open access beta for me. I'm assuming most people got open access beta, uh, if not everybody. Um, I did play it, and what I came to the conclusion again is solely team play games where I get paired up with a bunch of idiots is not my thing, uh, unfortunate. I think that's probably why even World of Warcraft tapers off on me, because at the end, what you've got nothing left but either doing... Lots of instances or raids with lots of people and, you know, you never seem to have friends around to play with that you can trust and be intelligent. So you got to play with. So what makes idiots. Diablo different that it attracts a much more mature audience versus. Oh, let's not jump ahead of ourselves. I don't know if it attracts a much more mature okay. audience. <laughs> but uh, but I'll take the compliment. Thank you. All right. Yeah. Yeah. No worries. But what type of audience does Diablo attract that you're willing to play that over Overwatch and Definitely, World of Warcraft? Um, the person that enjoys playing games by themselves. Mm -hmm. Like you can definitely play Diablo with uh, a party of up to four friends or random people if you wanted to. And that's definitely a lot of fun. But ultimately, uh, what I see in, in the statistics is there's a lot of just people playing by themselves. Going back to the DRM thing, having to log in into the account and be online at all times to play it, that was one of the issues. And that's why it was an issue, because people really 
we're like, I just want to play a single player game. I don't even want to go online to play with other people. Why do I have to log in? Yeah, exactly. It was ex- it, it's like that for The Sims because I'm not playing with other people. Exactly. I'm just trying to build my own neighborhood. And all of a sudden, I have to log in online to play it. And if you don't have internet access for some reason, if you're traveling, the power went out and you're on your laptop and you just wanted to play a game for a little bit to kill some time, you're out of luck. If your service gets interrupted, you're out of luck. Um, if you're playing a hardcore character in Diablo where if you die, you're done, sometimes you're out of luck <laughs> because you get cut off the internet and your character dies and Blizzard won't restore that. Blizzard doesn't restore? Nope. They're very adamant about their, their anti-cheat policies. Anti-cheat? Yeah, so any... I don't play a lot of wi- Blizzard games, so... Very, I don't very, know much about how they run their company. Very high-key anti-cheat. So it's a, it's like a OCD pet peeve of theirs. If they see you cheating, they'll ban you for X amount of time. A lot of time, if it's a repeat offense, they can permanently bar your, your account off of uh, Battle.net and any of their games. Okay. Uh, speaking of that, uh, I, I've, I've been looking at reviews for Grand Theft Auto V on Steam. So really quick, they're still making content for Grand Theft Auto Five oh, yeah. because it's still on, so it's, that's what it's and it, and what is it like four or five years later? It's still being played. So if you buy it, then it's still a really solid game and yeah. the engine still looks beautiful. Uh, but online, like they're taking a super aggressive anti-cheat policy to the point where if anybody is linked to somebody else cheating while they're online, their account can be uh, taken, banned for a month, and then their entire savings and characters reset back to the beginning. I've heard of that before. Yeah. Where, I'm surprised, I don't know, um, there comes a point where you have to consider there's a lot of situations that could have happened. I'm surprised that they're taking such an aggressive anti-cheat policy and potentially losing all of these different customers over it. Yes, until you realize that they are charging a lot of money, real-life money, to get money in the online world. Mm-hmm. It's their whole model. They want to control that currency. They want you to pay for that currency if you don't want to work for it, I assume. Yeah. Because I'm assuming you can still work for the, the money by doing quests and stuff and, and selling things in the yeah. game. Um, but I've never played it online, but you know I can speculate all day long i love speculation (laughs) i love speculation and starting rumors (laughs) (laughs) rumors are my favorite (laughs) um but they they sell they sell their their online money so that's why they're taking such an aggressive stance should i even go back to diablo 3 is there anything else you have to say about it well i mean i talked about that they made a content patch for it and that it's necromancer. Is it? Is anybody? What? Want okay, to know I'm just if curious. Fun? <laughs> yeah. Probably. Okay. I I will ask you two questions. One, what is necromancer? And two, is it fun? <laughs> well, do you, do you know what a necrophiliac is? Is that really what it is, or related to what it is? Maybe. I'm kidding. Okay. Maybe though. I, you know, I don't know what they really like, but <laughs> they, they, 
a necromancer, at least in the Blizzard world, is a uh, wizard, mage, or magic wielder that specializes in uh, raising dead bodies to fight for them. Got it. Or wields magic based in the undead to some degree. So the necromancer in Diablo has the ability to raise corpses, to make skeletons, skeleton mages, also has an array of spells they can cast that have to do with uh, bones, bone spike, teeth, things like that that they can shoot at the enemy. Um, There's also blood spells. Okay, so with what you're saying, it sounds like... So say you have, like, a skeleton here, but then someone's remains is only, like, its arm, and then somewhere else their remains is only their skull, and then in another place, like, they only have teeth, but this necromancer can rise them, raise them from the dead and kind of put it all together and kind of, as, like, an army? Or am I thinking too... I think you're thinking too, too complex. All right. Um, so I can explain it, but you conjured images of me... Like in my my head, just like I raised some teeth, and then we got an army of teeth walking, yeah. and that's funny to me. Yes, <laughs> let's get the hell out of here. <laughs> uh, no, but basically, as you as you eliminate enemies in the world, they'll leave behind corpses, and uh, these will be uh, specialties for the the necromancer themselves to see, as the player can use these corpses as a resource. You can raise them up as uh, fiends to fight for you that are that are the minions, so to speak, that'll last a, a small amount of time uh, and make a bulk of your army. Uh, or you can use them for different things. Some fun ones. I know a uh, crowd favorite for people who play Diablo 2 is Corpse Explosion. Oh, okay. And that's exactly what it sounds like. You take a dead body and you make it explode and it murders other things to make more dead bodies that you can then explode it's great got it (laughs) and then you can have a whole army of corp explosions yeah pretty much for sure yeah that that can happen uh once you explode the body though it ruins the body yeah that sweet sweet body currency finger looking good Uh, so that's out and uh, $15 and while it seems like wow Blizzard you charged $15 just to put one more character in your game you gotta remember that they go the whole nine yards so when they put the character in the game they're adding all the background stories the cutscene stories for them all the interaction dialogue between that character and all other NPCs that you can actually talk with any kind of alteration that's specific to the type of character. So you're this playing. is an entire sub story. Yeah, it's basically the game for that character being added. Yeah. So, um, some people won't think it's worth fifteen dollars. Uh, I'm sure it'll eventually go and sell. So, yay! Uh, those people are in luck. But I like supporting it because I really enjoy the game and I want to see Blizzard make more content for this game. As I was saying before, because they make a lot of content for for Warcraft. They make a lot of content for their uh, Heroes of the Storm game. They make a lot of content for... uh, What's the other one that we were talking about? Overwatch? Overwatch, yes. And they make a lot of content for the uh, Hearthstone. And the common thing between all of these things is they have purchase packages. You 
you can spend money and get redundant things in the game. They love these games because they basically don't have to do anything and they just keep collecting a game to actually get that kind of model into it. So whenever they do decide to make hard content that takes a lot of skill and time and effort, uh, I buy it because if they don't make money off it, they're not going to do it again. That's the way I look at it. Got it. I will often buy games that I know I'm going to like for the full $60 just because, boy, I would like to see more of those games come out. Oh, definitely. I agree with you. There's a lot of games where I look at the trailer and I know that I would enjoy it, but I wouldn't invest $60 in it simply because I just don't think I'll fully... Or I just... It's not a game that... You're not going to get the $60 out of it. I'm not going to get the $60 out of it. But the past few games that I've bought for $60, I've definitely gotten everything out of it. In fact, even more than I'd ever imagined. Actually, a lot of people might be able to, to, to relate with me here. Um, no Man's Sky. I purchased that for the ridiculous sum of $60, I think it was. Yep. Wow. That's the only one I've really regretted for a while. And like many, I got tricked in by that false advertisement. Uh, and it was a really nice advertisement too. Yeah, it, they like it had. There was not one thing that happened in that advertisement that was actually an experience in the game. <laughs> um, but everything that was happening in it, the the action sequences, the illusion that there was going to be a lot of action-packed fun and it was going to be an interesting experience, wasn't there. And I know there's articles and articles about why that wasn't there and. Believe me, I'm not attacking the developer because I understand a lot of the strains that that developer was under. Um, but at the end of the day, they did a lot of work to get the platform of what could become a game done. And it's a really solid platform for what could become a game. But as far as gaming elements in it, there's not much going on. And no, exploring slightly altered procedurally generated worlds is not a game <laughs> you could probably justify just going outside and looking at new places and visiting places in real life as a much more tactile and uh rewarding experience so, so if you think they put more time into it say added two more years delayed the game it would become what we had all imagined I think so. Yeah. I think they really needed to delay it, and I think the reason that it didn't... Was it Sony that backed them? Sony that I don't remember. I, I could be wrong about this, so don't quote me on it, anybody, but I, I remember reading an article that said the publisher was really pushing them to release uh, a game that wasn't complete because they want money. A lot of integrity is gone in the world. Definitely. People, <laughs> because we can't make really nice things without investing a large amount of time and effort into them and when nobody wants to pay or wait for a large amount of time and effort you get a lot of garbage and that's why there's a lot of incomplete games now and well that's one of the reasons the other reason is there's a lot of political crap that happens at these companies that you don't see because they're under the covers yeah uh and there's a lot of decision making and people driving that should not be driving and a lot of people want to get their two cents in to validate their existence at the company. And the truth is, a lot of those people probably shouldn't have existence at the companies. Mm-hmm. Definitely. 
but that's that's a whole other that's a whole other conversation conversation that you could go on forever and come up with every different opinion and to some extent every different opinion would probably be right i have a lot to say all the time (laughs) so i hope that means the two of you that are left enjoyed (laughs) this 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 conversation as much as I did, I love the sound of my own voice, apparently. Clearly. 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 I have to talk about the game that I'm playing, though, before we end this podcast. Oops. At least. <laughs> no, no, no. Go for it. It just means that we had a lot of things to talk about, which Always. is good. Yes. Always. Always. Since I finished Persona 5, I started Tekken 7. Hell yes, you did. Yes. I started Tekken 7. I've invested time in the story mode as well as arcade treasure mode and have played online i would say ranking the sevens that are not sevens oh my god ranking the tekkens that are (laughs) ranking the tekkens that are numbered i would say this is somewhere with the third fourth best tekken how many how many tekkens are there Nine. That's like one out of two ain't bad, baby. (laughs) There's Tekken 7, there's nine Tekkens, and if you're now including Tekken Tag Tournament, I'd say this is middle tier, closer towards the end, when you include all Tekken Tag Tournament. So uh, what sort of things are you weighing into your decision when you give it that ranking? So when I give it that ranking, I'm including gameplay just in regular arcade mode and how engaging it is. I'm also considering the story mode and the movies that you watch at the end. I'm considering how fun it is online, customization, just in general, if they included any fighting features in the gameplay, how fast it loads, as well as, um, did I say customization already? Customization is really important to this. Yes, (laughs) it is important to an extent. What I like to play the most is arcade and story mode, so that's what majority of this is based off of. Okay. I say this is one of the better Tekkens because the graphics, for sure, are a lot better. They're beautiful graphics. They implemented a lot of interesting fighting features that I actually like. For example, if you put in a good move, it will sh- it will show it in slow motion, but they've done it in such a way that it's seamless. It doesn't detract from the game. When it shows that move... It also completes the combo. Like, you don't have to re-enter it, for example. I wonder, I wonder if it only does that for single player. Have you played any multiplayer right now? I've played two multiplayers. And how'd that go for you? And when I... <laughs> so, I haven't had a good experience with online with this game. Let alone, But I'll just caveat with that. I don't like playing online a lot when it comes to Tekken. I like playing with other people in the arcade, but not online just because internet's crappy, things will cut out, and both of the times that I've tried it with Tekken 7, it was way too damn slow for me to enjoy. You mean you're not part of the land of the low ping? I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> but there's been a lot of patches added to try and make online go faster. There is there is a lot of uh there's a lot of things that have to go into being considered for, for online games in general. Uh, so there's probably a lot of things they can do to optimize. I will Tekken. say this. Tekken is a very gorgeous game, but not optimized. Even in single-player mode, they have a lot of fancy animations, just introducing the battle when, for example, get ready for the next battle is just in the super obnoxious animation which already slows down before the next fight. And you can only imagine that's multiplied when you're on online mode. Yeah, and I'm, I'm sure that if you're like the typical human and you start losing, you're going to get frustrated as is natural. And when you're dealing with all these other things that are frustrating and you are losing your patience, yes, it can probably be pretty trying on your patience oh definitely to have to go again definitely after the second battle i was already done there was a point where i there was a point where i kept cutting out and i couldn't complete a lot of the combos i ended up winning but i feel like that was such a chance thing the same thing was happening to the other person <laughs> <laughs> um i know i was gonna say something yes oh well i forgot it's okay what I also like about the new battle system is they added something called Rage Art. So if you've put in a lot of hits and you're generally doing a good job, you fill up a meter where you can complete a Rage Art. And that means when you're attacked, you can do a special move. So it's like a throw except on a exponentially better level and takes out more hit points. Oh yeah, I do remember what I was going to say now. Yes, uh... The thing that I'm going to take away from the game is on loading screens while you're waiting for a level to load, uh, it plays a, a, a tune, a little medley, if you will, <laughs> uh, that just reminds me of Mass Effect World. Oh, you're talking about story mode, yes. right? Is it only the loading screens and story mode? It's the loading screen and story mode after yeah, you choose a so character. The, the, the music does not fit the game at all yes uh it sounds like it was just a diddly picked up somewhere else because they needed to jam something in there real quick so since we're talking about the music in tekken this is my least favorite soundtrack of all the tekkens and i generally really like a lot of the songs they choose for the battle stages they match often and they're a mix of like techno rock something more dubstepy um rock no Something on the more traditional... <laughs> no. Oh my god. <laughs> Something on the more traditional side. This Tekken, it all sounds the same to me. The music all sounds the same to me. Except for the Mass Effect one. Except for the Mass Effect one. <laughs> <laughs> but the music is not that good. Which isn't, you know... It's subjective, I'm sure. I'm sure it's subjective because there's a lot of dubstepy people that love this type of stuff. But I like the variety that came with previous Tekkens. Oh, so, I have a lot of things... Okay, in general, the gameplay is fine, and I think that it's enhanced from Tekken 6, because if you have played Tekken for a while, you'll know that Tekken 5 was a complete departure from what we're used to, and then Tekken 6 kind of... It didn't regress, but it stayed the same. 
and Tekken 7, they enhanced a lot of the different features in arcade mode. No regress. Not a single letter. No regress. No ragress. Not a single letter. Damn. Yes. No ragress. Hold on my own joke. Yes. That wasn't even original. (laughs) (laughs) So when it comes to the numbered Tekkens, that's why I think it's on the higher side. But when you account for Tekken Tag Tournament, I just think both Tekken Tag Tournaments are excellent games. And I think Tekken Tag Tournament 1 is actually the best Tekken game of all time. And they're just... They're just really fun when you play with two characters at once. So, Or not at once, but when you can switch off between two characters and do different juggles. Have you ever uh, just grabbed two controllers and tried to fight against yourself at the same time? No. <laughs> I have not. But I will, tell you, I will tell you of this one time when I was trying to... So, I was playing Tekken 3, and I was young and stupid, and... um. My ass was trying to figure out a move um, playing on the right side because I'm used to playing on the left side. So I did have two controllers so that I can play on the right side. No comment. No comment. No comment. <laughs> All right. So the last thing I have to talk about is the story mode. And there's just a lot of things to say about this. Um... For a lot of people who have been following Tekken, um, the producer Harada made it no secret that one of the main characters of Tekken was going to die after this and that this was going to bring an end to the Mishima storyline in some manner. And what I have to say first, and you you were watching story mode. Yeah. That goddamn narrator what the hell was up with his voice and okay, so, how monotone he was and what so if anybody's been watching south park and has seen the soda sopa episode <laughs> uh those little commercials they did for south park that's what the narrator sounds like i almost feel like you could have had the shane co guy ah be the freaking narrator of this that's how I want the warehouse for men guy oh get him out of prison <laughs> What? He went in prison or something. What happened? I don't know. Okay. I don't know things. I just... Thanks, Brent. You can't <laughs> just tell me something so major. You all so have major. to Google it right now. I don't... I don't. Uh. Should I Google it on my phone? The answer is yeah. <laughs> what happened to the warehouse for men guy? George... Zimmer. He was fired. By the way, Men's Warehouse is the one where he says, you're going to like what you see, I guarantee it. Is that him? Yeah. Um, I guess he didn't go to prison. That's how rumors start. This is how rumors start. Thanks, Brandon. Yeah. <laughs> he was just thinking about Martha Stewart. Okay. <laughs> Got it. He was fired for ungiven reasons. Got it. What were we talking about? Okay narrator was um soda soda oh jeez the narrator was basically a a catalyst but not important i don't i wouldn't even say he was a catalyst because a catalyst implies that they were important in some manner had really no relevance to the storyline we could have done without him to be completely honest 
I almost wonder if it's the fault of the English localization for Tekken and if it made more sense in Japanese. I want to go with that is a huge possibility where they didn't want to have to change these these dialogues to English so they told the story through the eyes of somebody that they could then translate one set of dialogue. Yeah. And it could just be not even that they wanted to keep the story integrated, but it was just a lot cheaper to localize the product that way. For sure. I consider that because a lot of it just made no sense. Granted, story mode doesn't make sense half of the time, but it just seemed like this journalist was so out of the picture. I heard the same person did the Final Fantasy Thirteen story. Uh. <laughs> I reckon. I guess, I guess so. <laughs> um, what was a bit disappointing about the ending movies for a lot of the stories is there was no um, individuality with them. If you go through story mode, what happened was they paired up characters and each movie at the end was the same movie except in the point of view of a different character and because of that they paired random people together that you're just wondering how the hell did these two people even meet in the first place and this makes absolutely no sense and it just wasn't that fun i do say jebediah the mindlessness is the most palpable too (laughs) (laughs) what what (laughs) Yeah. I had to stop the conversation right there, Jesus. I don't even know how to respond to that. (laughs) It's gone. That's how to clear a room in 10 seconds. Yeah. (laughs) Anyways, I don't have anything else to say anymore. That's it. I'm done. You ruined it, it, Brandon. Yeah. Yeah. That's it, I guess. That's it. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, there's one more thing that um, that actually um, ranked Tekken Low for me. Uh, Tekken 7 took out a lot of staple characters and replaced them with new characters. Now, don't get me wrong, I have no problem with cycling out characters because that's what keeps people engaged and that's what um, enhances a game. But the, my issue is they took out characters and popular fan favorite characters that had very distinct fighting styles. And they replaced them with new characters that, um, so to speak, have very boring martial arts. Generic. Generic, yeah. And that's what I think is one of the most disappointing things about Tekken 7. I think the answer really should have been, I don't really mind that they take out characters, but um, they, they fucked up when they took out the characters I like. Fuck those guys. Yes. <laughs> but they... Didn't take out all the characters that I like. Well, semi fuck those people. Yes, and the bit and what's really surprising is the producer has no intention or has said they are not really planning on having them as DLC or adding them in the future. Um, he teased that he was considering it, but now it might not even happen at all, which is. Which is what's surprising a lot of people. Like, what the hell, dude? Yeah. Um, they took out the character that was based off of Jackie Chan. and Or Jackie Chan's um, 
Like his fighting style is a, I think like drunken like, is like a drunken martial art and based off of a five animal kung fu. And he was probably the most disappointing removal from Tekken because he had one of clearly one of the most unique styles and that was taken out and disappointing. Oh, um, can you do me a favor? Can you like just go through this audio cast and bleep out random words that aren't even bad? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just to really make things funny. Sure. I don't censor the podcast though. That's why it'll be funny. Okay. <laughs> it'll be really like really important words like What did I say? What the hell did I say? I don't need to know. Alright. I'll make that request for you. You'll you'll pass that request along to yourself. I'll pass that request along <laughs> to the editor of this podcast, which is myself. And denied. <laughs> <laughs> We'll see. There can be some fun stuff with it. <laughs> I don't know what yet, but <laughs> not with. Are we done? We are almost done. I'm gonna. Hear, I'm gonna say us out. So. All right. Yeah. Um. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you for joining on the podcast, Brandon. Woo! You're welcome. I'm glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no worries. And we will end this podcast. Thank you for listening to the 14th episode of Downtime Podcast. See you next week. Bye-bye. Ciao.